Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings everybody and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show, episode 109. And this is the week of the W's, Washington, Winnipeg and Webb Simpson. So let's... Let's start there. Let's start with uh, the GPC because uh, Bill and Todd, I know we were watching. Uh, then we'll, we'll segue over to some other sports. We got our NBA expert analyst, Shea Brewer, joining us from, from out in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Uh, but why don't we just start with a little weekly update. Bill Rister, how you doing, buddy? What's going on in St. Petersburg, Florida? Right now, it's a, it's a comfortable like 72 degrees, and it's raining and drizzly, and it's amazing, and we love it. And uh, happy Mother's Day. We're, we're saying this belatedly, but for those that catch the podcast tonight, and um, had a great day yesterday. I've never been kayaking before in my life, neither did my wife. And we went kayaking on the Crystal River, which was really a lot of fun. Takes you through a spring that um, is a natural spring. And then it took, we went out into the, uh, towards the Gulf into Kings Bay. And neither one of us tipped over. And it was a lot of fun. So that was my week. Did you see any manatees? No manatees. Man- They've all spread out. They're there in mass in wintertime to stay warm from the spring. But they were gone. They've already kind of spread out into the uh, Gulf and some other stuff. So yeah. we saw. You know, you went up, if you were up to, if you were all the way up to Crystal River, I was. I used to live in Homosassa Springs. That's where yeah. I was in the golf business. Yeah, we so. went right by Homosassa Springs turnoff on the 19. Yep, we sure yeah. did. Yeah. Neat, neat little cool. drive up there through Newport Ritchie and all those little places. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, we had a great. We we took our way. To, uh, took our time coming home. Stopped in little places right on the coast and had some breakfast. It was just a great great trip and. Uh, and we'll be kayaking a lot more. It was a, it was a ton of fun. Good. How's the uh, core and lats feeling there, Bill? Yeah, right. No, no worries whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I do every morning. I do a lot of core stuff, and okay. uh, I thought for sure I'd be kind of hurting. But I played golf today. I actually played fairly decent. Um, Sean, I had a twenty three, so you know that means eighty five. Good. Uh, and left a left a lot of shots out there, so getting better. Getting better. Good. Good. Yeah. How about you, Todd? What's going on in in uh, coming Georgia, just north? east of Atlanta? Uh, it's hot. We had a, a long winter um, and literally overnight. It was just, it's, I think it was 89.90. And when you have a, in July, I'll take 89.90 all day long, but right now it just feels, feels hot. So one of the, one of the first humid days of the, of the year. Yeah. The last couple of starting to, to get there and then it's going to go back down uh, for a week or so. And then no turning back. It, you know, the proverbial hot Atlanta has called it that for a reason. Um, good week, Sean. Um, Happy Mother's Day to everyone, as Bill uh, echoed. Um, speaking, my parents, uh, they're, they're at the beach now. They, they moved on Thursday, so exciting news. They're, uh, they're down in Melbourne Beach, Florida now. Uh, they moved Thursday, so uh, in July I'm going to go down and see them speaking with mothers. So that's, that's my Mother's Day uh, tidbit of the week. Fantastic. Well, shout out to, to Joni and Lee. Uh, and what's going on with you, Shay? How's, how's things up in Portland? Things are well in the Northwest. I had meetings in Tacoma and Seattle this week, and – I came back, hung out in Seattle for a little bit, and then come back down down the coast, and was able to see the uh, the cold water the cold water beaches of the Northwest and uh, yeah. Cannon Bay. Three and a half hour drive up to Seattle. Yeah, about three, a little bit over three. So I broke it up. Stopped in Tacoma first. Uh, broke it up. So it was, it was a good time. Good time there. 
Um, I wanted to give a special shout out, Happy Mother's Day, special shout out for all the fathers who took their families and the women in their lives to brunch today and they had to wait in three hour long waits <laughs> and pay a 30% markup on brunch. Yeah, you got it. Good job. Surge pricing, baby. Surge pricing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's start with the team. Well, how, about, how about you, Sean? Well, I had a, a busy mother's day. I, I had a client in from out of town and, um, kind of the, kind of the dream client bill. Uh, she, she, she did a lot of work on the, on the web over the weekend. I sent her listings. She kind of, you know, narrowed it down. She came in on Friday, drove over from Columbia, Missouri and spent the entire day with her mom driving to all the properties she wanted to see. And then would just text me and say, cut this one out, cut this one out, add this nice. one, add this one. Uh, just doesn't want to waste any time. And, uh, we narrowed it down. We saw two a second time and added in two new ones. And I think she's going to be making a decision tonight, but still got a chance to take my mom out for coffee in the morning and, uh, cooked out some salmon on the grill for Rhonda and, and the family tonight. So a, a good, uh, good day. Got a lot, got a lot of work done. Got my run in, got, got the yard double cut, uh, get my blog written tonight and get ready to leave for Montana. Nice. Well done. Yeah, my busy, 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 busy. For sure. So guys, I want to start with the TPC considered by some, the fifth major, um, obviously a huge purse, 1.92 for the winner, mm. uh, a huge purse for the second place guys, which we'll talk about at the end. Duffner misses a three footer, which probably cost him about $450,000. Mm. Um, and you could just tell he completely zoned out on it. Uh, Johnny Miller, uh, kind of made some commentary on that, <laughs> but Webb Simpson, uh, you know, you can't win a tournament on Friday, but you can lose a tournament on Friday. But I think, I think Webb Simpson won the tournament on Friday. Um, he won, I think, did he two putt 18? Yeah, he ended up double bogeying 18. So he, so he won by four. Yeah. Um, but nothing better than coming on 17 and 18 with a six stroke advantage. Right. Mm. Um, and on 17, Bill, he did, he did kind of what he did all week. You know, he, he hits it nine feet past the hole, actually hit it off the green onto the fringe and, and drops that one in on the comebacker. Um, he putted absolutely lights out, but he also drove the ball well, got the ball tee to green. Um, yesterday on that stretch, or I'm sorry, it was on Friday, he birdied 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16 mm. with a total, if you don't count putts from off the green, with four putts. <laughs> that's, wow. that's pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what what'd you, what'd you guys see in his play and just overall thoughts, and then we'll kind of go, go to some of the other people that didn't win, like Tiger – and like Phil and Ricky, who didn't even get to the weekend, um, as well as anything else you saw. So let's start with you, Bill. Yeah. Look, Webb Simpson talked about it after the round. It's really, really hard to have the same focus and energy when you have a seven-shot lead to start the day. Mm-hmm. As, you know, as much as you want to try to be aggressive and be into the, uh, the mode of the game, I think you're in full defensive mode. You just don't want to make stupid mistakes. And that's what he did. He had a bogey here, a bogey there, but he'd throw a birdie back in there, keep it you know, and while it looked good with eight, nine holes to go, you had a bunch of guys within four shots. Um, none of them could put it together. So it was a relatively stress-free day for Webb. A lot of fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. And he seems like a nice guy. I don't, I don't know much about Webb Simpson. I know it's been forever since he won. He's got, he's yeah. one of those guys who won a major and disappeared. Very religious, very well respected on the tour. Yeah. Um, and he, you, and know. you know, the whole uh, anchored putter thing was very interesting. You know, he was one of the guys that really, needed that putter and he's worked very hard with his kind of unorthodox. He's got that mid length thing hanging up the left arm or, you know, as he putts. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So 
congratulations to him. I think the caddy had a great story too. I'm sure you saw that today yeah. a little bit. Paul Tesori, yeah. Yeah, that, that was awesome. So uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, Todd, what did you, you think of the, what, the golf you got to see? So I, I watched a good bit, actually. Um, shame on me. I kind of blew off the Cavs game, and then I checked the score out, and I'm like, okay, I don't need to, to, to flip over. Um, but, yeah, go- Webb Simpson, he's a Carolina boy, went to Wake Forest. Uh, the story was he was every day at Starbucks wearing his Wake Forest T-shirt, so he's, he, he's getting out about uh, in Jacksonville. But just goes to prove, and Bill touched on it, just golf is hard. I mean, he won the U.S. Open. How, how many years ago was it? Maybe five years ago. Yeah, six. Uh, and twenty twelve. Yeah, something like that, right? Um, and gosh, he's just one of those. Appears he plays a lot of tournaments. Hasn't won since, unless I'm unless I'm missing something. But gosh, it just clicked for him this week. Uh, had a huge lead, and he was steady. He was steady. There was a bunch of guys grouped at fourteen under. He was like eighteen, nineteen, twenty at one point, and um, no one could make that run. Um, and and he was fortunate enough to par out, but that's gotta be harder than it appears. Right. I mean, not oh. to have the yips. Um, he doubled 18, as you mentioned, but again, he had a huge cushion. Um, oh, you, you can ask Sean. So one of the hardest things to do in golf is two putt for par, like just two putts, half to half to two putt for par. Really, yeah. It's really tough. Right, Sean? Well, and, and you know, Cindy, <laughs> I think Cindy's a tennis player. You can ask her, uh, you know, serving out a set is, yep. <laughs> it's the hardest game you serve. And it should, you know, on paper, it should be just as difficult as any other or not, not any easier, not any harder. So yeah, I was really impressed um, with Webb. Gosh, uh, I'm starting to believe that Tiger's going to put it together and actually win another tournament. Um, a year ago, I would have never said so, but it, is age starting to show for him, Bill and Sean and, and even Shay? I mean, like halfway through, um, round three and, and today, it seems like he finished kind of uh, – now, but... it's difficult, those finishing holes, right? Uh, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 aren't easy, but it seems like he lost a little steam, and I wonder if that's age-related. I, I would say no. I think he's incredibly fit, so I, it's not a fatigue issue. Um, he seems healthier than he's ever been. His ball speed's amazing. They keep talking. I mean, it's, he's, he's got the highest ball speed on tour. The guy amazing. that had how many surgeries in his back? Yeah. And, yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, when you – we watched him today, there were – it was flashes of old Tiger. Mm-hmm. You know, there were pin-seeking shots that were, you know, great putts early in the round. That front nine, you know, he was only four under, but he, he played extremely well uh, and hit some great shots, the shots that you used to kind of just expect from Tiger. I know it sounds stupid, but when Tiger was 165 out, you, you always just watched near the pin because the ball was going to hit somewhere in the vicinity and nestle within 15 feet. Mm-hmm. What, what's your uh, what, what's your favorite tiger shot? Uh, I know mine. Oh, mine's a Canadian Open out of the bunker on eighteen over the water. Six so iron. That's right. That, that, that's no, 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 no. I'm not saying of all time. I'm saying of his shots. I, I guess I'll just jump to it. Oh, I, I love his low stinger off the tee. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He hit it today. He hit it. He hit it on uh, that. Uh, there was number on the front nine. Sean knows the holes better out there than I do, but it has water down the left with that long bunker down the left near the water. It's just a smoking you know iron down the fairway that you know goes two ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> and him and Spieth were on the cut line, right? They they right. barely made it, and they both had amazing Saturdays. Yeah, uh, and JT Justin Thomas as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, world's new number one. Did you read that, Sean? Yeah, that's yeah. right. JT Spieth Spieth Sunday wasn't as spectacular though. He had that that quad on eighteen no. had to hurt. Yeah, the, the finish when, when your scorecard shows two eight. Uh, that's that's a tough way to finish. I had a twenty eight in a hole once. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, was it a bad hole. Yeah. So, you know, a couple other players, you know, uh, let me, let me shout out to war Eagle, uh, 
Shea's alma mater. <laughs> Duffner, you know, Duffner, Jimmy Walker, uh, and um, Schwartzel were yeah. kind of all tied. And Duffner pipes his drive. First of all, on, on 18, 17, he hits it about four feet, you know, left of the hole. Granted, right on the edge of that downhill slope. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those putts you just have to just get started and hope it stays on the line. And it didn't. It kind of wiggled left. And so he missed that, which would have put him in, in, in a solo second, which, you know, three guys tying for the second place is, is certainly a nice payday. Mm. But solo second, is not, it's huge money. It's huge uh, uh, FedEx points. It's huge Ryder Cup points, which, you know, we're, we're going to start really seeing that become a big storyline in this, in these next four weeks, next six weeks, really with, with some really good solid tournaments coming up um, and the U S open. Um, but he gets on 18 hits it, you know, what 12 feet right of the whole bill yeah, uh, down, yeah. downhill putt chance to make it. He, he gets solo second. It's a, you know, a good two and a half feet pass. And then he just kind of froze over the ball. It's he, he literally stood over the ball for 12, 13, 14 seconds. And then he pulled his putt and didn't even hit the hole. Um, and then he stood over his one footer for another 10 seconds. He just looked distracted and, and lost. Um, maybe it was his hat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so obviously he, he's without a hat sponsor and he's just picking up hats. At the course he's at, they said he's doing it all year. Did you know that? No, you know, is that right? Whatever event he's playing, he just wears the hat for the event. Why does he so, get a hat sponsor? I don't know. I don't he's got, he's got vineyard vines for his clothes. Hats before. Yeah. He's, he's vineyard vine sponsored. So, wow. um, yeah. yeah. But he, you know, Duffner's a mess, right? He, he got in great shape. He lost a bunch of weight, and now he's uh, just watching him. His putting stroke. Have you? Do you watch, Did you see him putt closely where he he stops and he does this exaggerated bend at the waist and straight? And he puts his, his hand on his knee. And then, yeah, he yeah. does this weird thing, and he's got some head games going on. It's a little OCD or something. Yeah. So. Did you, hey, there was a Vegas prop bet today. Over under was a hundred. How many words were spoken between Duffner and Dustin Johnson today? I mean. <laughs> Two guys that just oh, don't mess boy. around. There's no small talk at all, I imagine. Oh, and, they had, and they got a history, right? Because a little bit. A little no, bit. No, a bunch. Yeah, supposedly, yeah. One, of the wives, wives, right? one of the wives DJ was doing was Duff's ex-wife. Yes. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Yes. I'm sure Meanwhile, we could get Spieth and Tiger, the over-under was 100,000 the way Spieth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But you know, good win by Webb Simpson. Uh, once again, Ricky, Phil doesn't make the cut. Um, Bubba doesn't make the cut. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, we, we, we saw something rare today, Bill, you, you, you texted me on it. Um, uh, Bruce Kep, Bryce Kepka, uh, Brooks, Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka, uh, drops in a double Eagle. Uh, I just don't see that very often. Two shots on a par right five. Did you see it? That yeah. Thing. Jarred, jarred right in the cup. So, right there, yeah. um, they head off to Texas now, two, 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 uh, two tournaments in Texas. They go to the Byron Nelson on a new course. They're not in Las Colinas, uh, causing a little bit of a stir um, as to why they moved it and what the course is going to be like. So it'll be interesting to see that. And then they head to uh, Hogan's Alley. Uh, they go to Colonial and then up to Columbus. Ooh, Tropicalia, good, good beer. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's go to the NBA because we, we, we have Shea Brewer on with us uh, out of Portland, our NBA insider. Uh, NBA finals or NBA conference finals kicked off today. Cavs in Boston. And then tomorrow night we'll, we'll see golden state at Houston, Houston with a home court advantage in there. We'll talk about that in a second, but Shay, kind of a, kind of a dud first game. Why don't you, I didn't, I didn't watch a single second of it as an NBA fan. I'm sure you probably tried to fight through a, a boring game, but why don't you tell us what happened and, and, and what didn't happen? Boston. Boston got up early and they never looked back. Boston went on a 17-0 run in the first quarter and 
just it was <laughs> Cleveland just fell apart after that. Um, I think it'll be an interesting series after the game. LeBron in a press conference said that he had zero concern with his play, and I think he finished with like 15 points today, where he had three Celtics where that scored 20 plus points. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how it plays out. Uh, Brad Stevens, the coach of the Celtics, threw a lot of bodies at LeBron, just defending LeBron in a lot of different ways. And, uh, we'll see how they respond. He is LeBron James. We talked on this podcast last week about how LeBron just completely dismantles franchises, and he did it again. So you see, um, you see the situation in Toronto, where Toronto had 59 wins this year, a second in the league in wins coach this year, and coach is fired. They're trying to figure out a way they can create cap space and trade their players. So LeBron strikes again. He, he just does. <laughs> so let, me ask you, let me ask a question, Shay. Um, you hear it all the time in, in kind of a cliche among coaches, and you certainly hear the guys on, on uh, ESPN, you know, the announcers say it. But a lot of coaches say, look, we, we're just going to give LeBron his 45 and just try and shut everybody else down. Clearly, it looks like Brad Stevens didn't play that game. He said, we're going to try and do whatever we can to, to make LeBron not score 45. We're not going to give him his 45 and, and worry about the other guys, right? Yeah, so Stevens, uh, Stevens shut LeBron down, and the other guys struggled. The other guys struggled, and we've, we've talked about how LeBron and it's just a bunch of, a bunch of characters, and you look back, um, game four of the Celtics – or, excuse me, game four of the Raptors series mm-hmm. where um, it was a huge controversy over Rodney Hood, a player they just acquired in trade in midseason. Rodney Hood refused to go into uh, blowout minutes of the game. And yeah, just yeah. shows another example of how the players don't respond to Tyron Lue and the coaching staff. They respond to LeBron. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, don't you think with um, uh, the, that philosophy of trying to stop LeBron, one is you probably really can't. If he really wants, if, he, if he's got his game working, it's, he'll get what he, what he normally gets. But the, that, those, that, those other characters you talk about, right, Love and Smith and Corver, they have – they were horrible against the Pacers, and they had to win seven games. They were outstanding against, um, you know, the uh, Raptors, and they swept them. So it's, it's, it's almost like which cast of characters are going to show up, the ones who can make the shots or the ones who don't. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get, but it all revolves around LeBron. So LeBron, is he's going to be the one distributing the ball. He's the one that's calling the sets. He's the one that's really sparking things on the defensive end. Everything that happens with that team revolves around LeBron James. And let me ask you this, Shay, and I just flash back to the the 80s. My my dad, big Celtics fan, and so was I because he was. um, He said, forget about what Larry Bird did individually. What made him great was how he elevated his teammates, right? What he did to to have them play even better. So is – do you feel the same way about LeBron? Is he elevating those guys, or does it all sink or swim based on his performance? I think it's the latter, Todd. I don't I don't think it's – I think LeBron makes players great. I mean, you look at LeBron, there's probably a dozen guys in the NBA right now that should give LeBron a Christmas gift every year because he just completely just made them millions of dollars. And Tristan Thompson is one of them. Right. You take the guys out of the system and you put them in a different system and they're not the same player. But LeBron just – he elevates that game. Well, this year in Cleveland, I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can. He has so much weight on his shoulders. It, it all it all depends on him. Well, let me ask you this, Shay. You, you take Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, uh, Mike Miller, uh, Udonis Haslam. Uh, who else, who else do they have? Uh, uh, Ray um, Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Yeah. yeah. Easy to elevate those guys, 
when you're talking about J.R. Smith, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Just my boy, Kyle Cover alone. Corver. I'm sorry, Kyle. Yeah, Cover. just alone, man. It, it, <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, Shay, but it just seems like, man, these these guys from the Cavs. You take them, you take LeBron off that team, and you have basically the Minnesota Timberwolves. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think the Timberwolves have a better roster. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, I wanted to get into it a little bit later, but it's it's an interesting fact. Um, when you look at the NBA champions, the old adage that defense wins championships, once in the last 16 years has the NBA champion finished outside of the top 10 in defensive efficiency. Right now, you look at the four teams that remain in the playoffs, the Houston Rockets are sixth in defensive efficiency, Golden State's nine in defensive efficiency, the Celtics are first in efficiency, the Cleveland Cavaliers are 29th. Ooh, wow. That, wow. that, that that says a lot about how the team Did, will finish and the the cast around it because defense is defense is a team thing. It's not necessarily one individual player. So you play team defense, and that that says a lot about the team. Wow, that's a great you, stat right there. How about do, do you know not to put you on the spot, Shay? But do you know looking backwards, you know how the Cavs were defensively like the last three years they made the finals? Did it, was LeBron uh, enough to overcome that? I'm curious. I'm not sure. sure last year. I know the uh, the year they won the finals, they were in the top five defensive efficiency. Wow. Uh, I'm not sure about it last year. So okay. well, that probably, probably is because of Kyrie, right? Because he was a great off-ball defender, and he's a great on-ball defender too. Kyrie, and then you take a guy like Amon Shumpert. Amon Shumpert oh, one yeah. of the best wing defenders in the league. True. So, yeah. and, and they had Mike Miller, who, once again, didn't – but he pulled guys away from the, from the flow. Um, yeah, so interesting in, – Interesting stuff. So, so what do you think going forward? What do you think, you know, does, does we got to kind of keep reminding ourselves that Boston is doing this all without their two best players. I mean, Mm. it's so stunning to think that they're doing this with, you know, granted, I I think some, some really good players, uh, Horford and um, Jason Tatum is clearly stepping up and showing Mm. his talents. Uh, But just, Marcus Morris, you know, gets the ball and he he's going to shoot within two seconds of touching the ball, right? Well, well, Marcus Morris is it's interesting. You mentioned Marcus Morris because Marcus Morris is he took it upon himself. He wanted to guard LeBron James, and he came out earlier this week and he said, besides Kawhi Leonard, he feels like he was the best matchup for defending LeBron James. Really? And 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 to his credit, he said, you know, no no one person can stop LeBron, but outside of Kyrie, he's best suited for it, and he showed it tonight. Interesting. So what do you think about tomorrow night's games? Set up that series for us. Ooh, I'm excited about tomorrow. I'm excited <laughs> about tomorrow. It's it, we, we talk about defensive efficiency, right? So you're looking at uh, two top 10 teams, defense, defensive efficiency, but you're looking at historically two of the top offensive teams in NBA history. Golden State, uh, I want to say ranked seventh all time in offense, and you're looking at Houston at eight. So these teams are averaging 110, 112 points a night. So it's going to be just exciting, just back and forth, but they'll still be defending at the same time. So it, it should be a lot of fun to watch. I, I'd go on a limb, and I'd say that the Western Conference Finals will be more entertaining than the NBA Finals this year. Do you, think, um, do you think it's uh, – who, who are the standout stars on each team? Is it going to be uh, Harden and Durant? Will it be, will it be Steph and – uh, Chris Paul, you know, what, what's the matchup to watch as far as how the two teams will uh, kind of D each other up? 
So, so here's the thing about the, here's the interesting thing about this. Um, I think you look inside to the big men, right? So when you you see these two teams, you think guard play. You instantly think Chris Paul. You instantly think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and James Harden. But I, I'd be curious to see what happens with Draymond Green and Clint Capella. Clint Capella has kind of emerged as a third option on Houston, and he's kind of can he defend the Hampton Five or the small lineup of Golden State? Uh, it's going to be the deciding factor there because you know Draymond Green's only what six seven. So, so can he can he step out in the perimeter and defend Draymond and and can Draymond guard him inside? So that'll be interesting to watch. Draymond appears bigger than six seven, doesn't he? Uh, that's a lot of times they say your bark is bigger than your bite, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that speaks volumes, I guess, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So so guys, let's let, let's let me hear what you have to say, Bill. Who do you uh, who do you like to win that series? series in the West? Well, I, I think I. The beginning of the year, I talked about taking. Uh, I mean, I still think it's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors. So I'm not going to change that. Why would I change? Okay. So I think Todd, I, who do you I, like? By, by the way, Bill's always writing these things, right, Sean? Um, <laughs> exactly. He's pretty good. <laughs> he's won every pick and pull we've ever done. Um, so it's, I think uh, I agree with Bill. I'm going to actually. I take that back. I think it's going to be Celtics Ooh. versus. Um, Celtics Warriors. That's my prediction. Um, and I'll throw it out to you, Sean, and, and you, Bill, since we're more casual fans. Is there a more fun team to watch in Golden State? Just the way they just yeah. up and down. They're kind of like Loyola Marymount back in the uh, oh. college, right? Hank Gathers. Bo, Bo Kimball, yeah. Hank Gathers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, oh, they, I, I was a Phoenix. D'Antonio is fun to watch, too, what he does. I mean, it's, you know, the, the whole Amadi Stoudemire and, and Steve Nash sons were a blast. They didn't, they didn't. Yeah, I, I got to admit, as a casual fan, uh, I know Chris Paul, I know uh, Harden, um, but I is Chandler Parsons still play for the Houston? <laughs> I don't is think he does. No, no more Chandler Parsons. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, let me tell you this, Sean. This is interesting. So when Chris Paul and James Harden are healthy and they play together, the Houston Rockets are fifty and five this season. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so they only played fifty-five games together. What? Yeah, my math's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, that. but I'm that's, I'm just thinking that's that's twenty seven twenty seven games they didn't play together. Is that because Paul was injured? Yeah, must, I, think must he, be. I think he was out for a little while. Yeah, interesting. Looks like we froze up on Shea. All right, so so that's that's a series to watch, and I'll tell you what, it you know, I, I wouldn't count LeBron out. I think Game Two is going to be critical for for the Cavs to to split in Boston. Uh, Boston's very tough at home. They don't. Uh, they don't seem to lose a lot there. They got a very lathered up crowd. So Todd, what swayed me is when Shea said Boston number one defense, Cleveland twenty nine. I mean that right there over seven games. I think you know if it was a one or two game series, anything happened. I think over seven games, that's gonna that's gonna play. Yeah. So is my guess. That's why I switched from Cleveland to Boston in my prediction. Okay, so we'll see what happens there. I uh, you know like I said, it's, I, I think. For casual sports fans like us, you know, just get to that game six, game seven. Get get. Nobody wants a sweep at this point in the season, right. including the NBA, including the NHL. Um, it's obviously great when when a, another team can win on another team's ice or floor or arena. Um, so we'll see. Shay, before we lost you there, just what do you think Cleveland needs to do? Wrap up, wrap up this NBA conversation. What do you think Cleveland needs to do in game two to have the best chance of going going back to Cleveland one one? Uh, LeBron does something interesting. Uh, it's something that a lot of, a lot of the greats did. Kobe did it. Jordan did it too. 
Um, early in the game, LeBron looks to distribute the ball. He looks to distribute the ball, get his teammates involved early, and there's nothing wrong with that strategy. But I think LeBron needs to look to attack early. Mm. Mm. If LeBron's looking to attack early, he frees up opportunities for the other for his teammates. Yeah, and, and let's let's be honest. I think nobody's going to draw more uh, fouls than a than an aggressive LeBron going to the hoop. Either he's going to dunk or you know get a layup, mm. or you know and, and you know Boston only has what seven bodies that they can use, right? And four of those are, are guys that can play inside and the th- other three are, you know, Rozier and, and, and Tatum and those guys. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you know, that's a good analogy, Shay. It's, it's like uh, when you see when, in baseball, when you know a pitcher loves to, you know, kind of groove a, get a, get a, a, a first pitch fastball in on hitters that don't swing at the first pitch, you got to rethink the way you play the game. You got to start swinging at that first pitch because you know, he's trying to get something in on it early and get you behind the count. And if, if, if the uh, Celtics are thinking that LeBron's going to be distributing because that's his tendency is to want to distribute early, yeah, then they're going to really focus hard on trying to take that away from him, right? So mm-hmm. screw it. Go to the hoop and start, you know, um, start, start, start trying to change, change their game plan early. We'll see what happens. Hey, hey Sean, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but I got two more call-outs, man, I wanted to bring up as far as NBA goes this week. Um, the – the demise or, or the the breaking up of the dynasty that is the San Antonio Spurs is happening mm. right in front of our face right now. Um, I think it's important that we recognize what's going on. It came out earlier in the week that uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who used to be a trailblazer, um, before the trade deadline, actually called Damian Lillard and he said, you know, can you guys see about getting me back to Portland? He wanted out of San Antonio. So that, that was interesting. And then a few days after, San Antonio loses one of their head assistant coaches to uh to charlotte so uh they lose an assistant coach james borrego uh goes to charlotte and becomes a new head coach there and then just yesterday tony parker came out and said that he feels like he has three more years left and he's looking to possibly leave san antonio as well and there's there's a good chance of becky Becky hammonds yeah Yeah, becky hammonds might go right she's the female assistant coach under pop yeah she's actually taking a few interviews i wouldn't be surprised if she left and um Todd, for you, uh, something to consider as far as the Atlanta Hawks go. Mike Boonhoser, uh, the former coach of the Atlanta Hawks, used yep. to be uh, used to be an assistant in San Antonio. It's been rumored that he may actually take over for Pop if Pop decides not to come back to San Antonio. Wow. Well, I know he's talking to uh, Toronto right now. That's the, the rumors here. But And then, Bill, what you said, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, you know, a lot of talk about Kawhi and, and, and LeBron maybe matching up somewhere, maybe Philly, uh, maybe L.A. Um, you're right. Wow. You're right, Shay. It's a – you know, for, for probably one of the most under um, appreciated teams, uh, you know, in the last, what, four to 15 years, they've won three championships, right? Four. Mm. Wasn't it four rings? Four rings. Yeah, four. four. So talk about, yeah, they're the, the most uh, invisible or uh, dynasty ever in any sport. Yeah, right? Um, I mean, four rings. <laughs> and two of, two of the best centers in the history of the game to ever play, right? In Duncan and, and Robinson. Yeah. Um, Hey, I think I figured something out. How to be a really super successful coach? You just got to be grumpy as hell. I mean, look at Belichick, Nick Saban, <laughs> and Popovich. Three, three guys you'd never want to meet at a cocktail party, right? They're just going to rip you up and down. So there, there must be a formula to that, I, I would think. Yeah. What's your other What's your other uh, tidbit there, Shay? I, I found it really interesting today. Um, Todd, you may know a little about this as well. Wendell Carter. He's a freshman at Duke this year. Ooh. He, um, yeah, his mama started it up. Controversial statements today. Oh, for those of you who don't know, Wendell Carter is a 6'10 big guy from Duke. He's originally, uh, he's from Atlanta, 
He's from Atlanta, really mobile guys, probably top seven, possibly even top five draft pick in this year's NBA draft. His mom came out and uh, she had a lot to say about the NCAA. Uh, she she uh, she came out and this I'll give you a little background story and I'll give you a little background story on this. So Wendell's a really smart kid. I know the family well. Um, really really smart kid. His first choice was Duke. His second choice, if he didn't go to Duke, he was going to Harvard. Mm. Yeah, play for um, play for Am- Amaker, right? Yeah, he was- correct. Um, nice middle class family. Grew up in Atlanta. Just really really good family there. Uh, mother actually played ball at Ole Miss, so they know the game and um, just smart people, good people. So Wendell's mother came out this week and she had some harsh words for the NCAA. And she said that um, there were only two systems that she could think of that, um, that actually profit off of, off of their employees and gave the employees absolutely nothing. And she compared it to the prison system and slavery. I don't know. I don't know how this affects this guy's draft stock, but that's really, really racy things to say when your son's got millions of dollars on the table. When your son's, yeah, and your son's, and your son's going to one of the most prestigious campuses and colleges in the country, playing for one of the most respected coaches in the country. Uh, you well, know, she wasn't. She wasn't trashing Duke or Coach K, right? She I understand. Was, she I understand. Institution, yeah. But once again, I think there's a lot of people that came out, you know, in opposition of her comments, you know, saying, you know. How, how did it work for your son when he was wearing brand new Nike sh- shoes and flying, you know, in, in planes and, you know, it's just a, it, it's a, look, it, it's, um, it's a trigger comment or comparison for anybody in this, in this climate we're in right now. Can, can we all agree on that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, no matter what angle you're coming from, it's going to sting somebody the wrong way. Spark um, debate, right? Yeah. Spark debate, anger, yeah. frustration. But that, that's a good debate to have. And maybe, maybe it's not this episode. Maybe we focus in on another one when things are slow. Like, I don't know. But, um, you know, the billions of dollars that the NCAA rolls in because of these athletes, the athletes see a, quote, education if they stick around for the full four years and some swag. That's it, dude. I mean, that's, that's insane. I think that's insane. I, I, I'm not saying it's prison system, system or slavery. It's a choice. They don't have to play. Mm-hmm. They can sit out for a year. They can go to Europe and play and make money, then come back, go to the NBA. But, you know, um, it's a lot of money. And, 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 I, and I know, you know, Sean, it's easy to go here too. And, and I do have a, th- a thought on this, but it's, it's easy to go that those big money-making sports subsidize the rest of the sports, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. big part of what pays for the swim team and the wrestling team and the golf team because they're not generating any revenue. They, they, they're a negative. They're, they're eating up they're revenue. Dream. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I get it. But there's got to be some way to take to, – to, to, look, the fact that I, they can't even get a job, the fact they can't even do certain things that every other student can do at the campus, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but they also can do things that a lot of other students at the campus can't do. I get it. Right? Yeah, they can, yeah. they because they, they're really good at a sport, right? Yeah. If I'm really, really good, at, 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 if I'm a, a genius-level student at a school, I'm traveling too. I'm doing all kinds of things. If you're top of the top, and anything, you get extra special attention. Even Todd, though I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Todd, I've never been top of the top at anything. I'm the average just grits at almost everything. Even in the academic side, those kids are getting taken care of, right? They're off to these events. They're, they're, they're flying them out to seminar. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, if you're just, if you're just the average student, you're right. But, but you can't call an athlete an average student. They're there for a reason. They're so, there. Shay, let me ask you this, because you brought it up. What do you think this does for – you know, there's that 
there's that uh, wonderlick test. There's that thing that a lot of NFL teams do when they say, you know, these kids made poor decisions, and so we're going to lower them on our board. Um, you know, the difference between a, a number five pick in the NBA draft and a number 25 pick, um, even though you can argue a number 25 pick goes to a better team and, and you know, um, what do you think that does? Do you think people shy away from him? It's not like he's you – know, Lamar Jackson had his mom for his agent. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Wendell Carter's doing that. Is that, is that true? No, he's not going to do that. And, and it, don't get me wrong, talent is talent. So yeah. the, the, the NBA is going to recognize the talent, but it's going to be important that he grades out well at the combine and he's going to have to answer a lot of tough questions. Sure. And it's, and it's, it's, it's interesting because when you deal with typically when you deal with these high lottery picks and you deal with these guys that are coming up and, and they've been coddled their entire lives, mm. they more than likely come from a, from a background that's not the same as Wendell's background. They come from maybe uh an underprivileged background or an inner city background. And that wasn't the case. This kid's been at private school educated his entire life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he won four state championships at Pace Academy. Like it, it's, it's completely different for this kid. And it'll be very, very interesting to see how he handles it and how much it distracts him going into the trainings that goes on this summer. Yeah. I just wonder, and I just wonder the timing is, I think you're in, you know, the inferences is why she's saying it now, right? <laughs> Which it could affect his, his, his status. It's a debate. As Bill said, when things slow down, we could have an hour debate on it. Um, why is she choosing now to bring this up? Would yeah, be, but come and, on, mom, you know, <laughs> you know, and, well, what, what, you got, every, got everyone's attention right now, <laughs> but, but this not gonna is, change, she's not going to change anything though. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. But, it, but it leads me to something else. If you look back earlier uh, through the NCAA season, uh, I wasn't. I'm, I didn't have the opportunity to join you guys earlier during the NCAA season, but the FBI probe and everything mm-hmm. that came out with all the uh, all the benefits and everything that came out through the through all these kids in the NCAA. And I, I joke with with a lot of the guys that I know, and I said this is going to be the best NBA draft ever there because because everyone has to get out. If you don't <laughs> get out, what's going to happen to you? The boat is sinking. Grab your stuff and go. <laughs> So I I wonder maybe was there some investigations behind the line somewhere against Wendell or against the family that we just don't know about yet that hadn't come out. Yeah, you know, interesting. Shay's calling his shot. We might look back and say, "Remember that episode one hundred and nine? Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that's a good call. It's uh, yeah. you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe there's just a little little something something burning over there. That's a interesting call. Um, anything else on NBA? Last call on NBA. All right, let's talk. Let's talk hockey, Bill. Mm. Uh, your boys getting ready to drop puck here. Maybe they just did. Uh, no, no, not yet. National yeah. anthem. Couple minutes coming up. Uh, yep. Let's let's start in the NHL in the East, where Washington came into Tampa uh, and won the first game. Uh, four to two was the score, but it was a uh, it was a couple goals quick, and it it really changed on a on a six man on the ice play oh. um, that that would have. I mean, the momentum shift in that. What was it about a two minute? No, it was about six. I mean, two minutes of real life. It was yeah, probably two minutes of real life, but six seconds of game time. Yeah. So, so maybe just set up that for the people that maybe are listening to the stare down that didn't, you know, set up game one. Just give us your breakdown. You're, you're there at ground yeah, zero. So Stamkos gets, gets away on a breakaway. Just a, a typical play that the puck gets pushed ahead. He's, he, as he's falling to the ice, he uh, makes an incredible shot, scores as he kind of crashes into the goalie, but it counts. It's all good. But the lineman, as this play was happening, 
was already signaling, you know, six men. And they showed a great shot. And usually the six men penalty is kind of weak. It's like, but they were, they were at the boards and weren't doing anything. There was nobody within 15 feet of the bench. All six were out in the ice in the middle of the ice. It was so someone just missed it. I've someone never just missed seen a change. Someone missed a shift change. Yeah. And mm. so it, it made sense. And so now there were six seconds left in the first period. That brings uh, puck goes the other end of the ice. Puck goes the other end in the uh, the the, uh, uh, the zone <laughs> of the lightning, and off of a uh, face, you know, off the uh, drop, the puck drop, boom. Uh, Ovechkin scores with 3.7 seconds. Yeah. In the period. And it, instead of being one one, it's two zip, and they head off uh, for the first. Such a practiced play, too, though. I mean, it, oh yeah, I know. You know, they they win the face off, goes to this guy, quick pass, and a quick, you know, one timer. Yep. Um, so that made a big difference. And I'll tell you, you know, when they lost to the Bruins in the first round, uh, first game of the last round, they lost six to two, but it was a much closer game. This, mm -hmm. they were down four zip into the, you know, late in the second period. So, uh, they, they struggled. Uh, and so, and the Capitals are focusing hard on defense. They're, um, the, the, once again, this whole playoff series, the front first line, you know, with, with Kucherov and Stamkos and Braden point, they're struggling. Right, and so they've got to figure that out. They've got to start scoring. Um, Tonight's a big game, Bill, because if they oh. if, if somehow Washington wins this one, going home and getting Tom Wilson back because yeah. this is his third of three game suspension for the uh, leaving his his skates hit in the in the Penguin series, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if so they I, can somehow, you know, think of it this way: two zero, Tampa Bay's got to win four out of five. Well, yeah, win, but win the well, series, right? Yeah, but you don't if, want to go down two zero. But, you know, memories are short. I, two weeks ago, I was for sure losing game one at home against the Bruins. That series was over. Bruins are going to win because the Bruins have the lightning number. It's just one loss. Um, if they win tonight, all's forgiven. Really, mm -hmm. to be quite honest, because you can go up and get one in Washington. Sure. And you're right back where you want to be. So yeah, let's be honest. The pressure, the pressure is on Washington in the series. No oh doubt God. about it. Oh, my God. Yeah, no doubt absolutely. about it. I mean, absolutely. Tampa Bay's been to the series two of the last three years. Uh Washington continue, you know, Washington's biggest nightmare would be getting to game seven. They just, you know. <laughs> oh, one nothing caps, by the way. <laughs> Are you kidding? I don't even have it on. 28 here. seconds in. 28 seconds in. All right, so look at the time. I got to go. Are we wrapping <laughs> this thing up yet? <laughs> it's time for HQ. Hey, HQDs. <laughs> Nine right. 25,000. How about Chilo, out last night? Numero I watched, uno. Sorry. Watched a lot of that game last night. Uh, Winnipeg looked good. Winnipeg looked good, and I, I don't know that uh, – I, I think – I think Vegas played strong game, but Winnipeg just, boy, they took advantage of every opportunity. They were throwing a ton of shots on goal. Yeah. Uh, Winnipeg's a fun team to watch. They really are. They, they, um, they get up and down the ice quickly. They, their defense is outstanding where every time they, they block a puck, they have someone breaking up ice uh, for, the, for, the, for the pass. It's kind of a uh, – if you look at it, if you watch them tomorrow night, it's a very much like a Lakers run-and-gun style as soon as the you know as soon as the ball is defended they were going the other direction yeah. um showtime hockey is that showtime yeah that's <laughs> exactly it it's very showtime right um you guys were giving me crap because i wasn't watching the game but i was i got stuck on Shay, you might have been been watching it that 30 on 30 for 30 uh on the 84 nba finals uh the lakers celtics just won a war that was with cedric maxwell and rambus and Corn oh my god that was such a Great series. It went game seven and Boston won it in the garden. That's when basketball is fun. They, oh there was no such thing as a flagrant foul. They used to murder each other. Well, because Lambeer got crushed in game uh, five and in game six back in LA. You know, up. Worthy just laid Cedric Maxwell out into the, you know, it was it was just a 
but man, were those good teams, you know, that, 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 that was, was some smack talk at its finest right oh, there. Yeah. Larry Bird, arguably one of the best smack talkers yeah. uh, in the game. Um, you know, I, Shay, I, Shay, you're down there front row. Give us an idea of what, what that smack talk is. Is it just, is it, it's not just your mama stuff, right? It's, it's, Oh man, do you guys have a censor button on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's a lot of trash talk. If you guys, if any, if any of our listeners or you guys have ever had a chance to sit in the first three rows of an NBA game, it's a completely different ball game. Uh, the jockeying for position and, and the little nudges in the back and the pulling of a short, it's like, it's a completely different game how physical it is inside. The subtleties um, are you talking about, right? Oh, yeah. absolutely. There's trash talking, but it's just, there's an art to the trash talking too. The free throw line is the funniest thing ever. If you guys can just listen into what goes on when the, when the, when the players are actually setting up at the free throw line, it's just, it, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's, it's not the old school, you know, your mom, this and your mom, that it's, it's more like, uh, you know, what'd you have for dinner? Well, good. Cause you're about to throw it up. Cause I'm gonna run you guys to death. Like it's, <laughs> it's that sort of thing. So it's, um, it, it's very interesting. It, it's, and it's a lot off the court. I mean, it's not the same as it was in the 80s because you remember now this age of basketball is completely different because these guys, the majority of these guys have been playing with and against with each, each other, other for the sure. last the last 10 years with the emergence of the AAU network and, you know, yeah. playing against each other in college. Everyone knows. And the Olympics one. and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you guys a funny story, though, real quick. And, and I, I can't tell too much, but um, during the playoff series, uh, during the playoff series, uh, the Pelican series here in Portland, uh, there's a local uh, there's a local watering hole that stays open a little late, and I like to go in and, and decompress there after the games. And I walked in one night, and the entire Pelicans unit was in after game two. It just so happened that Nurk, uh, Nurk, which is a Blazers center, Nurk and his family were were dining there after the game as well. And the restaurant was about to close. And so they set them both and kind of in a private area. It was a little dark in the back. And um, there was one player on the Pelicans that decided to send over uh, a few drinks to mm. Nurk and his family because they were there celebrating after beating the Blazers 2 nothing at home. <laughs> <laughs> so it's little things like that. I can only imagine what Nurk had to say to, the, uh, to that guy when they went back to New Orleans. But it's little things like that that uh, – so give us some insight, exciting. Shay. Give us some insight from where you stand and, and from what you hear. Who are some of the who are maybe the top two or three guys in the NBA? I, I, I got to think Draymond's one of them, right? Oh, Draymond talks a lot. <laughs> Draymond talks a lot. Um, you talk about Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson talks yeah. a lot. Um, you know, any of the stars talk? Do any of the stars talk? Like uh, Durant or LeBron? They seem so quiet when they're not talking to their own players. No, they're all, they're, all, they're all pretty close, cool. right? Westbrook talks a little. I'm going to tell you who it's one of the biggest trash talkers in the NBA is Ennis Cantor for really? the Knicks. Ennis Cantor is a huge Old trash Kentucky talker. Wildcat. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so so Ennis talks a lot. Uh, but most of the stars are pretty focused. Uh, they had a task to achieve. Paul Pierce was a big talker, wasn't he? Yeah. Paul Pierce was a talker. But so, yeah. that, the, so there's an – Go ahead. There's an old saying that that's what made Jordan so great was his, his ability to trash talk and his will to win. Um, Charles Barkley jokes about it. He's an Auburn guy. Charles Barkley jokes about it all the time that Michael Jordan would actually gamble on possessions during the game. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The, the legend of Larry Bird. I heard um, 
what made him such a great trash talker, he would tell the guy defending him what he was going to do. So he knew it and he'd still pull it off. Like, yeah. hey, I'm going to, I'm going to drive left crossover and, you know, do a fadeaway jump shot and do it. And the guys would be like, I knew exactly what he's going to do. <laughs> oh, Todd, Todd, that's so, that's so funny. You say that because um, it actually came out that LeBron did something similar during the Toronto series last series. Yeah. Said that, um, one of the guys from the Raptors, I forget who it was, was out of place on a play. And LeBron actually directed the Raptors player <laughs> where to go to run his offensive set while LeBron was defending <laughs> him on the defensive that, That's well, how well he knew it, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. So uh, NBA and, and NHL are set up neat, nicely right now where every other night is a game. Uh, yep, so it, it, it really works out nice for travel days and then obviously for, for uh, attendance. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it, it, it looks like when we talk next week, both series should still be, I guess the Cavs Celtics technically could, could be over uh, by the time we talk next week, but that would entail a, a you know, a, a, a sweep. Uh, I don't see a sweep happening in, in, uh, in any of the hockey series. Um, so we'll see. It's, it's going to get interesting. We got three weeks of, of, of the, the two, the two sports left. So We'll see how they shake out. Uh, Todd, let's go to EPL. What's, what's, and, Bill, you, you got a, a sneak EPL story to share. So why don't you uh, t- fill us in on what's happening. EPL is technically the season's over, right, as far as – but there's a lot of relegation action. you got Champions League. There's a lot going on. Come yeah. on. So it's Bar- cool about, Barcelona had a big, big game today. What's cool about um, – and please cut me off because I can talk forever on this. So what's cool about the EPL is they do the last – everyone plays last day at the same time, right, 10 o'clock this morning. Everyone had their 38th and final game. Everything was decided except for the top four uh, teams make the Champions League. Um, that was did, a little in question, right? Did Liverpool win today? Yes, they did. They did. So that means they finished fourth, right? Chelsea's yeah. in fifth. So, okay. yep, Chelsea's in fifth. So it's Chelsea, uh, Burnley, and I forget. They're going to the Europa League, which is the, the, the stepsister, the redheaded stepchild of the, uh, <laughs> of the tournaments, right? So, um, so anyway, a lot going on. Uh, Liverpool, uh, May 26, I believe, play for the um, Champions League final. Real Madrid, right? Real Madrid. It's in Wembley Stadium. Winner takes all. No two-leg back and forth. Um, Real Madrid has a guy named Ronaldo. I don't know if you guys know him. <laughs> He's pretty good. So, by Liverpool winning today, they guarantee Champions Hey, Todd, I, Todd, it's Ronald. Yeah, I don't think you know it. <laughs> Ronald, okay, Ronald, yes. Ronald, oh, come on. His last name is Oscar. Ronald Oscar. Ronald O'Hara is his name, yes. <laughs> so, the EPL um, relegation was already decided uh, on right. Thursday. So, three of the promoted teams last year actually avoided relegation. So, three teams that were, quote-unquote, up last year. Nice. Down. Um, it's Swansea City, Stoke, and West Brom Albion. So the beauty of it is, is Swansea City's arch rival Cardiff City have been promoted. So they kind of, I guess they get to laugh at their uh, crosstown rivals. They passed on the way up and down. That's right. Oh. That's right. So um, the playoff is going on right now in the uh, Champions League, which is the second level. So Wolverhampton won, Cardiff City, they're both promoted. Now four teams are in a playoff. Leg one has occurred. So uh, Derby County or Derby City, I can't remember. They won one nothing versus Fulham, so they have the second leg tomorrow. And then um, Ashton Villa, who was relegated last year, are leading Middlesbrough, who we were relegated a couple years ago. So anyway, uh, winner of those two legs face in Wembley Stadium also, I believe, May 26th. So a lot still going on, and I'll leave with this. Um, I tweeted uh, uh, yesterday, Hamburg, 
in the Bundesliga, which is the Premier League of Germany. 55 years they've been in the Bundesliga. They got relegated to the second level. They have a clock with the number of days and hours that they've been in the Bundesliga, and they're having to, to switch that off. So um, Someone yeah. will be fired? <laughs> five years. I mean, imagine people have gone their whole life not knowing anything but you know Premier League soccer in Germany. And now can, they're being relegated. Can you can you give us the uh, the teams in the EPL that are similar to that that have been uh, up forever? Oh gosh, I, I mean, mean both Manchester's right, Manchester right. City, Manchester United, Liverpool, um, Chelsea, Chelsea's of the world, Tottenham. It's so funny because the the top six basically are the same uh, year in year yeah. out. Leicester City won it after being promoted um, a couple years ago, but the last six champions have either been Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, and with uh, Leicester City sticking there. So it would be like one of those guys getting relegated. Uh, you know. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah. 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 So, Bill, what was your little nugget? You had to, to so, so I played golf today with uh, Steve, a, a guy I hadn't played with in our big group. You know, it was Mother's Day, so it was kind of a smaller group. A lot of people couldn't be there if you get my drift because <laughs> they were at those they were at those uh, – <laughs> I, I spent my money at the golf course instead of the brunch. Um, so, thank you, Cindy. Yes, thanks, Cindy. Uh, and so I played with Steve, who's uh, from South London. And I said, oh, so, you, you know, once I hear someone's from the, from the British Isles, so who's your football team? He goes, and he, he pulls his hat off. It's on his ball marker. It's everywhere. Chelsea, what are you kidding me? And I go, oh, so it's, is it bad if I'm a Man U fan? And he, <laughs> he threatened to run me over in the golf cart and kick me off into a pond. But uh, it was a lot of fun talking to him, Todd, because he was – you know, really fired up about the chance that he thinks Liverpool, he really hoped Liverpool would lose today and they could pass him for fourth place to get back into the Champions Tournament next year. <laughs> but everything is driven around, even though, like you said, you know, Sean, that it's over. I mean, um, you know, it was run, Man City ran away with the title, right? I mean, it's not even. They had 100 points, the most points ever. Ever. Three for a win, one for a draw, zero for a loss. And they had 100 points in 38 games. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, they're still playing all these other games, trying to figure out, you know, we got to get a set up for next year and we got these little tournaments. It is a, it's an amazing, you're slowly getting me hooked in there, Todd. I, yeah, it's really cool. It's really slowly cool. Slowly happening, yeah. And again, cool. the relegation zone, you know, we've all been fans of horrible teams like, you know, Cleveland, Buffalo's had some bad years. Every San Diego team I've ever rooted for my whole Imagine life. Imagine having meaningful games, even though you're three and 10, you know, because you're fighting to stay up in, in the NFL. So it's, it's really cool when you think about it that way. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But and go Liverpool. Maybe down the road, something like that's going to, you know, NFL's in a good spot right now, but you know, something like that draws some fan attention and it draws some, you know, um, it, it yeah, would, the problem you know, is the problem is there's like 500 football clubs in, right. Yeah. <laughs> in, 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 the, in the British Isles, right. It's it would just, have to be baseball, all, really the only sport that could right. do it. They could get away with the AAA could move up and, and major yeah. sport. Guy, but you, look how hungry Americans are for the playoffs. I mean, it's two seasons, yeah. NBA NFL, and, and NHL. There's no playoffs in soccer. Right. You know, they have a regular season. They're just constantly playing. Yeah. But they have different tournaments. So they, they have, have friendlies, and they have CONCACAFs, and they have World Cup. And, yeah. World Cup's coming up June 14th in Russia. And, God, it's just brutal that the USA is not in it. Just, oh, yeah. just yeah. terrible. So. so anything else on the sports docket, boys? Anything else? Uh, Bill, you want to give us a Brockmeyer update? <laughs> I, dude, I am telling you. <laughs> Dave, I watched episode one, Bill. It was very good. Did you laugh? Oh, you know, of course. Come on. The situation with his wife. Is it hilarious? It is, is good. It's hilarious. Hey, don't, don't spoiler alert. I won't. Shay, have you seen Brockmire yet? I have not. So it's, uh, oh, I'm going to forget. It's on name. IFC. Yeah, it's on IFC on Wednesday night. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, who, you know, the master of all the voices on The Simpsons, and really just a great actor, been in lots of movies and stuff. 
he's he had this character for a long time. He just you called him Jim Brockmeyer, and it's a it's a Vin Scully esque, you know, but also kind of a Midwestern, just kind of a a guy that likes to talk about baseball and and, and baseball's this and baseball's that, and, and and he's got a great accent, but he's also a you know coke snorting alcoholic, very flawed individual. Right? I mean, very <laughs> flawed individual, and. He, you know, the blow up that happened 10 years ago, they got him kicked out of baseball is hilarious. And then he's trying to make his way back through the minor league system. It's got a little love story. It's got some funny stuff. The episode, I can't even begin to tell you how hard I was laughing Wednesday night when you get to season two, episode three, Todd. Yeah. Oh my God. We'll have a conversation because I've never seen this on television. So what I put in that text today was that brief little clip between because he's fine with every other broadcast yeah because he's they had a the 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 finale of season one he's with a bunch of other sportscasters you see like tim kirshner and a bunch of espn guys and then joe buck walks in Mm. and uh, it's just great to see the the history behind those two oh and brent musburger he rips the crap out of musburger and musburger wasn't on the show and supposedly brent's not too happy with being picked on by a fictional sportscaster that's funny uh so yeah musburger's had a few things to say that's gonna just go make some bets yeah that's exactly right yeah the bets that the show will fold uh in case it it wasn't enough sell two words amanda pete that's all i gotta say yeah she's amanda pete's great too so uh, yeah give it a shot it's and don't if you got kids or anyone young do not watch it one one lightning just tied it up there you go all right. Hey, baseball, nothing's really changed since last week. The only thing is uh, the, uh, the the Astros and the Angels have flipped back. And, the, hey, the Braves are still in first place, Todd. Braves are this is, a fun team to, this is a fun team to watch, gentlemen. And, and Shohei Otani has hit more home runs than he's given up. There wow. Pretty Think impressive. About Think about that. Pretty impressive. Yeah. So, all right, let's go around the horn and see what's going on this week. Shay, what's going on in your week? Home week or are you traveling again? No, I'll, I'll be here most of this week. So uh, I'm excited to finally get back in the gym. The weather's good. I've been kind of out of the gym for a while, so I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to working out at least six what, days this week. So what is this? What is this, what is this gym you talk of? What is? <laughs> I've got the summer is almost here. Man. It's gonna be sun's okay. out, guns out. So. <laughs> what are these guns out you speak of? <laughs> sorry, sorry, oh, sorry. Says the 56 year old dude is uh, right. Go ahead. All right. So, so good. Bill, how about you? What's going on in your world? Who's on the podcast this week? You'll love this guest, Sean, and you get a major shout out. You're going to be so fired up for this. It's uh, Lauren Walker of Inman News. So I'll be editing that podcast tonight. Uh, She's made a nice little run from, from uh, AdWorks to Relola to Inman. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And she is there. I, I talked about this in the podcast. There are two things I love that I, I wish I had learned when I was young. One is to play an instrument. And not the clarinet I played in junior high school band. <laughs> I mean, a guitar or a piano or drums. Yeah. Chicks dig cool. the clarinet, Bill. Don't chicks, kid me. Chicks dig the black licorice. I don't know. That's what it is. Black licorice. <laughs> the clarinet. But I, Shay says, yes, they do. <laughs> wow. I, hey love, now. I love it. <laughs> so if you didn't know, clarinet's called black licorice, right? When the jazz yeah. Right, so, Pete Fountain, baby. Pete Fountain. Yeah. And Woody Allen. Well, not Woody Allen. We don't want to give him any props. But um, so I, you know, I, um, the other thing is write really well. And Sean, I've talked about it. You're a very good writer. And it's a skill that a lot of people don't have. And, and Lauren's profession, she is a professional copywriter. Yeah. She writes for a living to get people to do something on words she writes. People take action because of words she's written. I think that's a fantastic tool to have, yeah. right? And so uh, so I know that's a big part of your world, Sean. You're going to work on it tonight with Carp's Corner. 
So uh, I, it was a really fun talk. She's really great. Uh, so you can watch for that on Tuesday morning on the uh, real estate sessions. Awesome. Uh, How about your job? Are you staying home this week or are you uh, just no, traveling the state? Going south. I'll be in Lee County for most of the week. I'll be in so RPR. Um, yeah, RPR in the wilds coming out. I'm doing another session on with a, 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 a lender partner down there. We're going to talk about the digital disruption that's going on. So, you know, I'm going to talk about open door, offer pad, knock, purple bricks, all those tools that are out there and, you know, point them to places like you, Sean, to say, these are the ways you can beat those companies. Because if you can stay, if you stay connected to your customers, they're never going to want to go to offer pad and type in what's my house worth unless you tell them to. Because you're the expert that they trust and rely on, right? So we're going to have yeah. that those kinds of conversations, uh, and that's so it'll be fun. I I always like the Lee County trips; they're good. Once again, man, when 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 you can when you can have a good story that's worth telling, and you don't have to tell it yourself when other people tell it for you, oh. then then you you win over and over again. I mean, that's a that's a compound interest of your business that just continues to grow when other people tell your story. Living by word of mouth and word of mouth is just a way to go. Compound interest. Have you ever done a uh, Have you ever done a presentation where you've talked about the financial side of relationships, and you can inter- intertwine all those words that lenders and bankers use into your presentation? Yeah, that's, I got I got I got to talk to the to the Columbus Mortgage Bankers Association next month. But I did one uh, for them last year, and it's called Success on Your Terms. Uh, and I talked about you know uh, what's your interest rate? Like, how are you getting people to be interested in you? to be successful. And then I talk about a GFE, you know, are you giving a GFE to every customer that you interact with? And what it's is not GFE? a good faith estimate. Yeah. It's a good fucking experience. Yes. Right? A, a good, you know, um, you know, so I, I took everything and kind of tweaked nice. it and it was a ton of fun, but the, I knew you would do that. Why did I know that, that? ROI is good though. I like the, the, you know, how do you get that ROI of their, your relationships yeah. um, to, to improve? So yeah. good. Have a good week, man. Todd, what's going on with you, man? You got a big week on Thursday, right? Did it, did it happen? Uh, uh, so a couple things come to mind. Bill, Naples, tough life, right? Tough life. I'm sorry. I'll be, I'll be in Naples for a couple nights, yeah. <laughs> and to tie back to sports, Bill was one the last time Hamburg was not in the Bundesliga. So that's wow. just crazy stuff. Hey, that's so, cool. that's, you can't call me out on that. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's good stuff. <laughs> hey, I hope to make it there one day. I really do. 2-1 um, Lightning, by the way. So wow. big, uh, a pretty big week, Sean. Um, what's that? It's scoring, I'm sorry. scoring hot and heavy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Big week. Uh, Thursday, I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I uh, have a chance, or last week, I have a chance to save a $600,000 job. So I was supposed to uh, have a meeting on Tuesday. It was postponed. Bad news, it was postponed. Good news, it wasn't canceled. So um, Thursday's a big day. So tomorrow night, um, gosh, school year's almost over. Bill, you've been through it. Sean, you've been through it. It's mm-hmm. nuts. Uh, we have the lacrosse banquet. Scott's freshman year um, is coming to an end. Um, Kate's, Kate's uh, a seventh grade. So crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Still on and up in five minutes, two minutes, two minutes or two minutes. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. yelled at too. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and Hey, it's mother's day. Sean, you and I talk about it a lot. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, call my mom and wish her happy mother's day, but it just reminds me we don't need a holiday or any time to reach out and connect with uh, the ones we love. Um, we, uh, we don't always do that. So I'm guilty of it. And I'm, I'm reminding myself to do that. So just yeah. want to on. Well, that's a good segue. Todd, remember with your, uh, with your customer that you're trying to close, uh, objections are good. Objections are not bad because people don't object to something they don't want. They just say no. Um, so it means you're still in the game. It means now you got to put on your objection handling hat and, uh, and, and remind your value over and over again. We're all pulling for you. Uh, let's bring this one home.
I told my boss, I want to be able to go to bed at night knowing that we did everything we could to try to get the sale. Yep. That's all you can do, man. Oh, that's all we can do. That's all yep. you can do. And if not, you, you spit and move on, go get another customer, right? That's it. So, Hey guys, for me, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a quick week because I am flying to Montana to help my mom get settled in uh, my 81 year old mom. So, so I'll be, I'll be a couple times Todd being, being able to say how much I appreciate her and show her uh, my appreciation. I get her settled into her place up in Northwest Montana. We'll get a chance to get up to Glacier National Park. We'll get up to see whitefish, uh, get to hit some great breweries, great Northern Brewing Company, Tamarack Brewing Company, uh, Lakeside Brewing Company. Uh, and, but I'll uh, hopefully be writing an offer here tonight or tomorrow and uh, get that in and um, just trying to, trying to lay some foundation for some opportunities to speak in the fall. Just, I think, locked up the Minnesota Association of Realtors uh, conference uh, in October, and I'm trying to work on something in Tennessee. So, mm, and, nice. and I'd love to make it back out to Portland uh, to see uh, the people of the Pacific Northwest, including our buddy Shea Brewer. So, hey, guys, it's been a great week. Let's go watch some hockey. Let's watch some basketball tomorrow, game one of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, we'll have a lot to talk about next week when we get together for the stare down. So on behalf of Bill, Todd, and Shea, I'm Sean Carpenter. Have a great week.